Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. Find a fresh take on a fall getaway to Wilmington, North Carolina and beaches. Enjoy hiking trails in a state park, fresh seafood with a sight of live music and fall festivals galore. Then live it up along the Riverwalk in Wilmington's historic downtown. With three island beaches, Carolina, Curie and Wrightsville and a vibrant downtown, you get the best of the Carolina coast all in one place. Plan your fall getaway at WilmingtonandBeachesVacation.com. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Pittsburgh Steeler fans, welcome to this week's episode of Steelers Touch Down Under. I'm Matty Peverell with Marky D, Marky Davison, as always. How you going, mate? Man, I'm doing pretty well, mate. The sun's out here in Australia. Uh, it's like 8 a.m. Was it? No, no, sorry, 9 a.m. We're recording, so uh, doing very well. I haven't got any uh, cities to shout out today, so uh, couldn't couldn't think of any. But um, g'day, g'day, Alan. How's it going? <laughs> you don't have any cities to shout out. What do you mean? Uh, is, is, I'm uh, gonna shout out. I'm gonna shout out who? all Steeler fans on the West Coast. On the West Coast. In the West Coast, because the last time I was in the US. I mean, kind of every trip I end up having to go because Australia, you kind of always fly direct to the West Coast. But there's actually a lot of Steelers fans there. We know that from the different games. We know that from, like, the mm. games they've played against teams like the the Chargers and, um, you know, the LA Rams and, you know, anything on the West Coast, 49ers. Like, um, any, any Steelers fan on the West Coast, big shout-out to you. And you know what's funny is after your shout-out on the podcast the other day, I had someone <laughs> contact me on Twitter. Really? On my phone, I'd pull up his name. And he was like, hey, Matt. He was like, hey, Matt at Matt Pev, which is my Twitter handle, is like, and feel free to tweet me any of the listeners. He was basically like, thanks for the shout out. I'm a, I'm a BTC listener and Steeler fan in Tampa Bay. It was great. Is that what I said, Tampa Bay? Is that what I said? Yeah, you said Tampa Bay. Oh, okay. See, it works. <laughs> there you go. It's everyone. And also I shout out. I feel like you to- had a scheme with this bloke, but anyway. It's <laughs> All right. Uh, who else can we shout out then? Maybe. Or what, what about Shout Alaska? out anyone born in the month of December. It's December. Well, that's that's me, mate, coming up here in 2024. And then I'm wearing the minka today. So what about anyone who's 39 years old? 
Jeez. Um, we could just keep giving shout outs and everyone's like, you know, well, it feels pretty it feels pretty good. <laughs> yeah, that, that's feel good, good, right? <laughs> feels good. So, uh, Share the love a little bit. Um, but it is you know what though? Like we're in the same scenario. I guess we've been in here now three times, right? Oh, by the way. Yeah, three times. Because we have to back it up, right? So I don't know about you, but I'm hyped but nervous again. Well, that's a good segue into the injury report. And as you said before we went on air, like it just continues to get really different. I don't understand, right? And I say this, I know I complain about this every week. I I feel a bit, um, I will get over it. I promise still fans and listeners. But we have, I don't know, on this list, it looks like, I don't know, something like 14, 15 names or whatever it is, just quickly citing it. Two people, one person's out in a Keller with a spoon. I think we call it on all expect that with hamstring. I also kind of having seen, having had a lot of players on fantasy this year that have had hamstring injuries, go me. Um, I feel like there should be almost a different designation with those guys because they're always on the report and like, and they don't play. Like it's kind of like you may as well put them on IR, but there's such a difficult injury because you can feel good for a couple of days and then you feel tightness. You got to pull it back because you don't want to tear. Really difficult. But going back to the overall injury report, we got one player out in the killer with a spoon, two questionable in TJ Watt and Jalen Warren. I think it's interesting with TJ with the ribs too, and particularly if that's the same side as his pec. I don't know. I haven't seen anything specified on terms of which side those ribs are. And considering it is the Falcons, I wouldn't be surprised if they looked at um, either at least very much managing his snaps or whether they even thought about leaving him out to give him a break before Baltimore. But Jalen Warren's also questionable, which, as you said before we went on air, is interesting given Najee Harris um, didn't practice Wednesday, Thursday, was limited on Friday. But going back to the overall status, we've got one person out in a killer with a spoon. We've got Watt and Warren questionable, and everyone else is not specified or not listed. Now, I I, I don't understand. You're either, like, there's, there's literally the game status is out, doubtful, questionable. And obviously when this goes to air, a lot of these decisions will have been made. And practice statuses did not practice. I'm going to practice full practice, not listed. <clears throat> there's enough, but the game status also has not listed. So I got, I got a, I got there's a enough designations to come up with one. Why is it not listed? It's very frustrating. I got, a, I got a question for you. What's the overall purpose for the Pittsburgh Steelers releasing this injury report? Is it for the fans or is it for, who is it for? Well, I think this is that NFL piece where they got they've been fined previously for not listing the right like people, and it's just. But what 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 I'm saying is is like there's no rule overall information. It says ribs, right? But it doesn't say anything. It says it, it could say pasta next to it too, ribs and pasta. It doesn't say anything, right? It just it just, it just says rib. <laughs> like it doesn't. You know what I'm trying to say? Like yeah. it just says ribs, or it says foot. It doesn't really. Go I mean, you don't want to over advertise it. I mean, it's not as bad as the NHL. The NHL, you can just say they have a head injury. They might have the fractured cheekbone. They might have a. Although I think they have to label concussion, but um, I know that it's general area mm. in NHL, and I get not wanting to advertise where someone's yeah. got an injury, but like, but I get a feeling it's more it's to do it's for the fans a little bit, but they're not they're not giving a lot of information. It's like, oh, here it is, here's or T, TJ's got a foot. Okay, well, what you know mean? what, you know <clears throat> what, Minka has a rib injury as well. Maybe he and TJ are still bloated after like a Wednesday rib <laughs> night. <laughs> Because they both got ribs, they're both the leaders on the defense. They're both playing well. Maybe the the team had to shout them ribs for the for like making a difference on defense. I don't know. I, well, I don't know. It's, it's it's something that it's intriguing that I've just paid attention to this year, and it's like, well, they have an injury because even Spillane's in there too, right? 
Well, he's been beat, but they don't really go into it too much, too. So, Bernie Snell's in their knee. What does that mean? That doesn't really mean too much to me. I don't know. Long as, long as they're playing. Personal matter. Like, I mean, I, I just, I, I don't know. I, mm. Anyway, that, that's what it is. But the Atlanta Falcons, on the other hand, and remember, this is the same franchise that struggles to organize, a, not the Falcons, but the Steelers organization struggles to organize a press conference properly. Um, but Atlanta Falcons, Arnold Ebikade, their linebacker, um, was in the draft class this year. Quite an exciting player. He's questionable. Um, Chuma Adoga, their offensive tackle, um, new name for me, but he's questionable. Jalen Dalton, defensive tackle, questionable. Cordell Patterson did not practice Wednesday, was not listed Thursday, was not listed Friday. His game status is not listed, um, but it says it's not injury-related. He's resting. So, okay. Like, well, I just... But the Steelers seems like they've always got 10 to 15 names on the roster. On, oh, not on the roster, but on the injury report. And we never know what's going on. Um, but I'll stop complaining about it. But I think the by big time one this is goes though, to air, it'll just be whether is TJ playing exactly. or not. And, and yes. Warren, we'll see. I liked what I saw out of McFarlane last week. So I'm not... Oh, yeah, McFarlane worried. was pretty fun to watch. And so was, uh, you know, Benny Snell. But I think the big one for me in that, that list of the injury list is that Killer Witherspoon's been on it for like weeks and weeks and weeks. And they still haven't put him on IR. That's kind of like what's going on. Mate, but, um, I looked at his contract the other day. People are like, oh, you can't cut him. You can. I, I, I don't, I don't, <clears throat> well, if I was Omar Khan in the off season, he's probably a guy that is bye-bye. So why would, saved, be, why would they, why would they, I think you eat like they, 2 million and then you, and, but you save like 3.8 million or something. So I, why I would they not put him on IR to, to, to free a spot up for someone else to come in to play? I don't know. This is one of those things we. Oh, well, that's right. Yeah, so you eat one point four million in dead cap, but you save yeah four million. So I, I think he's gone next year. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's not a not a huge loss, really. Well, maybe that's think about why this, they went and got Jackson. Think about this though. William Jackson the third, you can cut right as well, <clears throat> who's on IR and save twelve point seven five million. Think about the type of cornerback we could get for sixteen million a year. Right? A good one. <laughs> a good one. That's like your JC Jackson, um, Dante Jackson, um, that we talked about last year. Like that's a that's a good cornerback. Maybe it's even two, or maybe it's an offensive lineman and a good cornerback. Like there's or it's or it's Keith Terrell and it's a good cornerback. Like so, so yeah. Is that why they got Jackson then and then maybe Witherspoon might be out the door? Possibly. But, but Witherspoon's not the one on IR. That's the funny thing. Yeah, the true. good thing is, I mean, why you don't put him on IR is because you do, you've got William Jackson there on IR and you want to make the roster moves. And I'm sure Dave Scope would have come up from a different point of view. But at least you've got two cornerback options if you manage to get into the playoff hunt and you've got two guys coming back. Oh, we're not, the we're scary not thing for me with Witherspoon... Well, we'll I'm get joking. there. But... I'm joking. <laughs> But the scary thing to me with Witherspoon is every we we talk it's been talked about before on BTSC and by other um, NFL pundits. Like every time Kello Witherspoon looks to be like a number one or number two cornerback and has to tackle a lot and and, and play heaps of snaps, he gets injured. And I just uh, you can't keep this guy on the roster. You just can't keep him on the roster. So. Yeah, cool, mate. And g'day to everyone in the live chat too. We kind of kicked g'day. off and got ten g'day, minutes g'day. the show without that. So Sean Manahan, Brian Brown, Kathy Forrad, Michael O'Malley, um, great one oh three. Welcome, 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 welcome. Sorry if I missed anyone. 
Um, but let's crack into it. Obviously, talked there about injury report, talked a little bit about there about Akello with a spoon. Win over the Colts. Mark, anything you wanted to sort of some thoughts, debrief you wanted to have? Because we didn't um, talk about it. Kenny's playing better. Kenny's not a bust. Uh, oh, can, I just pull, pull that one up. Uh, you got me on a you got me on a um, point of contention with me. I'm sick of hearing Kenny's a bust, man. <laughs> what people are saying, it dude, because he can't throw long, he can't score TDs. But I thought that was one of his best games. What are you about throw long? <laughs> Don't watch the combine. Did you watch anything from Pitt? <laughs> hey, man, I uh, I think he plays really well. Do you think uh, the thing that I don't understand? Do you think a franchise like the Pittsburgh Steelers are going to not want to bring Big Ben back and bring in a quarterback that can't throw it 40 or 50 yards or 60 yards? Really? Like, it's the Pittsburgh Steelers here. It's not the Browns, the, all the clowns. You know, it's not but it's, it's the previous week, Lions man. regime. Like, it, it's just it's, – it's daft. You know Every what? Season. I said this like last. I said this on Warren last week, and then I'll shut up. It's yeah. like people on one hand go, "Kenny Pickett can't throw the football like mm-hmm. more than thirty yards," and then they sit there when it's a thirty-yard throw and he overthrows it. Oh, Kenny Pickett always overthrows everyone. So can he throw it more than thirty yards? I think he can because he overthrew the receiver. Yeah, doesn't make sense, man. No, yes. It's every week though. It's when we lose. It's, it's easier to be a lot, you know, negative stuff like that. And I've I've given you know Matt Canada some flack, but he's been calling some good games. And after the buy, right? Think about this. After the buy right now, where it's more like Kenny's team. Okay, he's taking control. The Steelers are two and one. They lost to the Bengals, and they had a chance to 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 possibly win that game in the second half. They fell to pieces. Right? Matt Canada's offense, I think, is scoring twenty points per game, twenty four points uh, average, I think, or something like that, or about twenty twenty plus. Right, they won two games, um, and they lost to the Bengals. Now it's not too bad after the buy two and one. They're in this point where, like I was telling you off air, if you want them to tank, it's almost hard to make them want to tank now because you have ten teams below them, and now you have twenty-one teams above them. So if you want to cheer them to tank, you have to see them lose the rest of their games. But they're playing well enough where they won't do that, and it's at the point where if you win this game, the Chiefs lose and the Jets lose, you're two games away from sixth and seventh. Because the Patriots lost the other day. Mm. So we catch up to them. Now, they might hold the overall tiebreaker, but there's still six games to go. So, And if the Ravens lose, which they probably won't, but if they do, then we're two games back. I don't from, know, man. They're, they're not... They're, well, Lamar yeah. Jackson could be out too because he had an injury pull-up as well, right? But what I'm saying is, and you said off, off-air too, we said, actually said a lot of stuff off-air. You know, go, go, go <laughs> and check, check out that podcast, which you can't. But... We should um, do that. Like, like remember that, like, in the day in Australia, they had, like, Big Brother Uncut. We should do, like, Touchdown Under un- Uncut. <laughs> I would be fired in a heartbeat. Yeah, I know. We um, wouldn't, I wouldn't be as YouTube allowed to say anything. the language. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But the thing is, look, you're in this point where if you win this game versus Falcons, but I think it's a winnable game, back-to-back, uh, you know, Kenny's played a lot better. And, and we're back in the hunt. You know, you win this game, then it's a big game versus Ravens at home. And yeah. people are still counting us out, right? So they're getting yeah. better. Now they're not the best team, right? Then they're 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 a bad football team, but they're getting so much better. And after the bye, it's been awesome to see the running games picked up. Who would have thought Snell would get 12 carries and 60 plus yards and uh a TD? You look or, good, man. He looked fantastic, dude. Like he looked like you know what he shows? He and Warren both show that, like, and I know he's more the Renaji Harris running like style running back, but like what they show is that um 
you it, it's it's all about the the holes the offensive line creates it's about the plays that you call it's about running backs being willing to know their limitations so like thing with Benny Snell that I, I do like about him is he knows that he can't run to the outside. He's not that type of player. He reigns to run through the middle. And I, and I think that that's what I, that's what I think. That's what I liked about this game against the Colts. Like I heard one narrative of the Steelers played well. I, I heard this from one of the NFL shows this week. The Steelers played well, but don't, don't be disillusioned. The Colts are a really bad team. So the Steelers played well against a really bad team, but I was sort of like, well, hang on. The criticism's been have you can you put it together? You can only beat the opponent you play on the day. Exactly. Uh, like, and then at the same time, people are saying, "Oh, the Bengals are back. This is the record they had last year when they went on the run." It's like, well, this Steelers team only lost by a touchdown. Like, I, yeah, I, I think people got to be hopeful, man. The team, the team has come. The team has gone on longer runs than what they need right now to make the playoffs finish or even finish with a positive season or just but, finish but, with like eight wins. Answer, answer this, right? They're definitely are – the, are the Steelers playing better but after the buy than before as a whole? What's are, the Steelers, are the Steelers playing better of than course. they were before the buy? Like the, 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 the points are up. The, the Matt Cannon offense is working. Uh, I better. feel – do you know what, though? The difference – even if someone <clears throat> does thinks Kenny Pickett's a bust, you got to sit there and say it is more fun or you can at least digest – so watching much the Steelers' offense more than now, like you can digest it e- more easily now than what you could in like the first few weeks with Mitch Trubisky. <laughs> I love this logic. JJ 5 2. Colts love that beat the stuff. Chiefs. Steelers beat the Colts. Steelers are the best team. I agree. <laughs> Why not? Hey, man, look, it, it's it's crazy. There's always, there I'm always, telling always you, as, as I said, like on the, the show <clears throat> that when you were off winning medals for pickleball with Shannon White. If the Steelers can get into that Browns, that Browns game, <laughs> the, for those on the audio side, Mark's just showing <laughs> off his medals. Um, but if, if the Steelers can get into that Browns game 8-8, eight and eight, it's on, man. It's so on. Like the, la- the last game? Yeah, man. That'd be that'd be a time and a well, half. Well, like, think, about, think about it like this, and then we can go deeper into this matchup, right? Think about think about this, right? But let's, let's say they get it done. I, I, I hate saying any game is easy. I don't think it's easy, but I, I think the Steelers, if we can figure out Baltimore with Jackson, I think we can figure out Mariota. Um, so uh, I'm interested to see. This is a Devin Bush, Mars Jack, shut that, shut that, I was going to say shut, shut that S word down, but shut that stuff down. We'll be right. But let's say you win against Atlanta, right? And you go five and seven. Well, let's say you beat Baltimore at home. Suddenly you're six and seven. And then you've got Carolina where you don't have to travel that far, who they know well anyway, because every time they play them in the damn preseason. And then you've got Las Vegas Raiders. You could be like, um, you could be back to, hang on, so five, um, six, seven, eight. Yeah, if you beat Vegas Raiders, you're eight and seven going into the Baltimore tell you what, MT Bank Stadium, man. It can happen, man. If, if, if they can make that Raiders game feel meaningful, it's going to be the best game in a long time. Like I mean, oh, a long it's time. Going to be meaningful. Like if they if so, we can you know I know can't jump too far ahead, but if they were that record, what you said eight and seven, that'd mm. be fantastic. I imagine that. I imagine doing a whole flip reversal, a few games in a row. Uh, Chris Christmas Eve, 
for us Christmas Day. Having a few. Oh, it's so good that it's Christmas Day. I'm already in trouble because I'm going to be late to the family events. But I'm there's no way I'm not watching Christmas Day at home. Oh my god. I can't wait. I'm going to do everything in the morning for, you know, family stuff and then say, yeah. see you guys. Bye. Catch ya. 100%. <laughs> see you tomorrow. <laughs> and I know, I know there's a new Jersey coming as well. So I'm like really excited for that one. So yeah, but like, okay, let's, let's go back a bit though. Back a bit. Anyway, for the, <laughs> let's get for, back to Falcons. For the Falcons game, right? And the Colts game, everything's improving. Of course, we would have been great to win them against the Bengals, but um, they can fall and, Against against the Falcons now, if you can win this game and play some good competitive football, then and they are they're running the game well. They what the average last weekend was at four point five yards a carry, thirty eight yeah. rushes. They got in, they got Oshesky involved. They got Derek Watt involved once. Um, I love how Kenny Pickett can run. I also love the way that that Matt Canada opened the offense up and he designed a quarterback uh, draw. Was one of my favorite plays. Dead set, I loved it. Where I, I love back. Kenny's mobility, and I love that he's that, changing that, that narrative. That quarterback draw, yeah. He, he pushed off his right foot and then went straight there and got eight yards, and then it was third and two. I loved it. That was that was the best play I think because I, I did not expect that at all. But uh, he extends plays with his feet so much more than people give him credit for. Mm-hmm. Like I, you know, we said earlier in the live chat. We've talked about this in previous weeks. I talked about it on War Room, like three days before it suddenly became a narrative in the NFL about the Josh Allen versus Kenny Pickett sort of stuff. And like the thing that I like about Kenny and, and sometimes I think it's an oversimplification. Ben was a competitor in a franchise quarterback way that, that it's, you know, I want to compare the two things, but Kenny's like a gamer, right? He just wants to win. Mm-hmm. He doesn't care if he throws 300 yards or 170 yards. Yes, I know he hasn't thrown 300 yards or whatever in the league yet, or he's just thrown just over that against the Bulls or whatever it was. But he just wants – he'll do what he needs to do to win. It's not about him racking up stats. It's not about him being the center of attention like a Zach Wilson. Um, I, I That's what I love about Kenny. And and so what you're talking about with like he plants his feet here, he scrambles oh, for the two-point conversions. He, he runs and takes whatever yard in, yardage he can. Like, I think, you know, I, I was thinking back to this game, the Bengals game, a bit of what we saw against the Saints. And you compare that to the Miami game and that last drive, you know, where he threw the interception when he could have yep. run through the, through the gap. Yeah. And you think about it and you're like, or even throwing it away. Oh, no, he couldn't actually because it was like third and long and then they were, yeah, were going to be out of was, Had a chance to win that game. But, but he had a chance to win the game. But I feel like the growth, if you compare what he's done in, you know, um, vital drives after in the second half compared to what you saw play by play in the, in that last drive against Miami where he threw an interception, the growth is incredible. Like we're only talking five weeks or so, six weeks, like, and four the thing, games the or thing something. Is, though- if he goes and completes that pass to DJ or he runs to the end, to the sideline, then Kenny's a hero. He's not a bust, right? So it's one one pass like that. Also, the Jets pass too, where they were winning 24-20, I think it was, and he yeah. threw it over Murph's head. Now, if he does a better play and doesn't go off his back foot, which he's learning every time. He, there were some analysts out there that said he doesn't make the same mistake twice. You know, he's, he's starting to pick that up, right? And that pass to GP in the back of the end zone for the two-point conversion was like, oh. wow, that was an NFL throw. He It broke down. His, his checks to his left wasn't there. He rolled out to the right. GP followed him to the corner, which he made a really good uh, you know, NFL receiver catch. 
sat down there. They they're up 24-17. That was like the moment you're like, oh wow, we didn't stuff that up. And it was a good pass. And I was like, we're gonna win this game. Because you had a buffer of seven. Kenny Pickett is starting to get it. No, he's not getting the big TDs yet. He's still three and three and eight, but he has three touchdowns on, on, on the ground. He also has, I think, over a hundred something yards rushing, you know. And I watched I watched Josh Allen yesterday, and I, I know a lot of people get on Josh Allen train, but he's not known to fumble too. He fumbled a football exactly. yesterday. Like they're not they're not perfect. They're, they're, only, they're only saying that because he because he's the status now, he's a elite quarterback like Mahomes or like Josh, but they all get to the same level and then they, they can still be sacked. So Kenny Pickett is 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 playing better. That's what I'm saying. Every game there's is getting also better. like there's like one thing that I noted noted, and it got it. It's very technical, and it's very like it's forecasting. So it's hard to take deep notice. But if you go into Pro Football Reference and you actually pull up a game, they've got a play by play. Like you know, I mean, I've got they don't know a lot of different sites of like you know. Matt Ryan, pass incomplete, short middle intended for Jonathan Taylor, right? But what they put against it is actually an EPBA and an EPA. And what that is, is um, expected points um, before the play and expected points after the play. And I'll give you an example of where this is like important for the Steelers. So in the second quarter, Kenny Pickett scramble up the middle for nine yards. He was tackled by Julian Blackman. This might be the quarterback draw you're talking about, right? Expected points on the drive before the play on average was a 3.7 points, right? But after the scramble, the chances of like the expected points um, overall for that drive on average went up to 4.57. Now, I know that's really technical. That's more than a field goal. It's not quite a touchdown. But a point differential play-by-play, if you looked like, for instance, through this game, is actually like remarkable. And... And and the reason why I bring that up, even though it's so technical, is because if you if you sit there and you go through the play by play, it's not that like how much those like points and how many they won by and all the rest of it. It's more you see the difference he is actually making to the probability of the offense scoring points. And I haven't had the chance to go back and do it with Mitch Trubisky, but I remember when I looked quickly through the box scores. And it was, mate, it was like, he'd throw it like two or three yards and we'd go, we'd go, <clears throat> expected points would go after the attempt, would go way down every time he made, every time that a play was run. So, I mean, this is, this is the difference. And, and it's, it's things like this, that it's very hard to rack that up in a stat, but they do show the difference that's being made. Right. Okay. And so I like, yeah, it, it, uh, yeah, it's just. Like even the you know the picket made that pass to Freemuth in the fourth like give another example in the in the fourth quarter for seventeen yards mm-hmm. um, that the difference there expected points on the drive before the play was three point two seven expected points after the play was six point five so literally right. after he's made that seventeen now yeah that I think that was a third and long potentially um, but the reality of that play is that. Kenny Pickett, by making that play, by using Freemuth, by looking open, by throwing him into space, because there's a lot of passes when he throws to to, to Freemuth that basically are um, him basically putting him into space. You've literally gone from probably getting a field goal on that drive to getting a touchdown. Now most people can go, yeah, obviously he's got closer to the to the end zone, but the but the point is he's still making that pass exactly. and he's still getting them into the into the place to win it and. 
again, if you go through all these games and you go through each quarter through Pro Football Reference and you look at these plays, we talk about Ben last year. I like in this, we're talking about Ben last year being fourth quarter comebacks, getting the team to win, drawing up plays in the dirt. We heard the, the, the um, anecdote out of the game that Kenny picked that play um, himself, you know, after the penalty or whatever it was. Um, Kenny Pickett, in, there's, a sec, there's a thing about Kenny Pickett in the second half here. And it wasn't like that when the Steelers mm. overall against the Bengals because the defense went way off kilter and we stalled on offense. But if you actually look at all of Kenny Pickett's games so far, when he's been able to play the second half, his second half is really good. Yeah, and I want to pick up too on the on the on the Kenny train too, because a lot of a lot of people are saying he still is a bust, and it's like you know the, the stats aren't there. But you go to like I, I love the way that he's so mobile in his run game too. So he's played, of course, eight games. He, he's run the ball uh, thirty five attempts, right? Then that could be scrambling, that could be design run, which they've been putting into the offense. One hundred ninety five yards, five point six yard average, and this is the one the one of the big ones I I just found out. Sixteen first downs. What does that tell you if it's 16 first downs? He's keeping the drive going, right? Well, I, it's, one of the better. stats on War Room, when I look at the rookies, particularly Pickens, <clears throat> Warren, Pickett, I always, and, and particularly when I look at the other team's rookies, so for people that don't listen to War Room, in season, at least half of to three quarters of my show is looking at the rookies on the Steelers and what they've done in the previous week and overall for the season, and the rookies from the opposing team that you want to look out for, right? And particularly because I do so much in the draft, it makes a lot of sense. And then I start profiling draft players from about this point in the season, sometimes a little bit earlier if something catches my eye or I talk about something around team building. And first downs are the first downs. Like I heard from Luke Keekley a couple of years ago on a podcast where he said tackles for a loss for linebackers should be treated almost as much as sacks because they destroy drives, right? They put you from mm-hmm. second is second and short, second and you know, um long to like really long on third down or, or turn a second down into a third and long. And the same kind of thing with first downs on offense, right? It's less about did you get four or 14 yards? It's are you keeping the drive going? Because then you're keeping your defense off the field and you're keeping the ball out of the opponent's hands. So I just wanted to pick up on the first down. Point. But the thing is like with with the with Kenny and this this busman, you know, this idea, it's it's just so dumb at the moment. He's still a rookie, but so out, out of the half the times that he ran the ball, he's got a first down. Now, that could be a quarterback sneak, could be design run. I just think that needs to be in there. Like, he's got 200 yards. Like he's like, and everyone talks about um, the new quarterback way, the Allen, the, the Mahomes, all those dudes, right? That's what they do. They run the ball too. So does Herbert. So I'm keen to see him develop his game and get TDs because that would shut so many people up. If he gets oh, a yeah. TD, he'd be fine. But that's also as a red red zone offense. That like there's a lot of like uh, like gets better and there's a lot that goes into that. I mean, I don't want to pick up and while I was talking earlier, Sean Manahan was talking about the stat around Ben throwing 25 times. We said on last week, Jeffrey Benedict talked about this with Ben and Pickett both how well they're doing when they throw less than 30 times. So yeah, mm-hmm. you're pretty on the money there. Um, but that's the Steelers as well. But it goes back to the point about being a balanced offense, right? And running the clock, and it's all about time and possession and first downs, right? So um, it's kind of, as I say, I, I'm, I'm like, I, I, I'm hazarding. I don't like saying what I'm about to say, but because people go, oh, he's just a game manager, but I do like the way Kenny is managing the game in the second half. Right? And he's a rookie though. It's his first year. What's he going to do? Go out there and, and sling it five, five TDs and 5,000 yards. Yeah. It's not and- Madden. Like it's not Madden. It's <laughs> not like. It's not, not, you're, not in the games you play 98 to zero. It's not Pro Bowl, you know, like it's not, like, come on. 
But with that, that's a good that's a good point for us to have our uh, hear a word from our sponsors on this week's Steelers Touch Down Under. We'll be back in just a few seconds. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. And we're back on Steelers Touch Down Under. Mark, you were you were saying something there before I cut you off with this. Uh, I was just going to say it's a bit um, like a chop block. <laughs> talk, talking about that's illegal. Talking about um, the <laughs> the the offense. Time possession's gotten better. You know, with the the running game too. So thirty one minutes average now, and the, the opposition has twenty nine. So and that's a whole that's a whole season. That's a whole body of work, right? And look at look at the start of the season. We were, were so annoyed that. The Matt Cannon offense was with Trubisky and everyone else was 23 minutes a game. Like pretty much it was the worst in the league. Now we're 31. So that's the whole, I don't know what that ranks. Well, I might be able to bring that, bring it up in the show. Um, but it's the, the best thing I find, you know, being a a bad team where we're, what we should be like power rankings, what maybe 25, 26, 27, they're getting better. And I don't know about you, but I'm, I'm getting a bit hyped up because I feel like, and people say what's well, two bad teams? It's, it's versus it's the Saints, it's it's the Colts, it's you know it's the Falcons. But if you can beat them, beat them, you know. And what better chance to go out and see what we have next year? And, and I think Sean said before on our live chat, he said, "Well, if we go ten and seven and you don't make the playoffs, it's still ten and seven, and then next year you have a good chance." You know, but that's what I said when we like a few weeks back when we were talking about like the culture. <clears throat> I don't want the I don't want the the rot to set in of a losing culture. You start losing and you start tanking. Yeah. It's very hard to beat that. Like, look at the Browns. Look at what the oh, Bengals man. were like for years. It, it's not. It's really like it's a very hard thing to shake. Um, so uh, that's one thing that I think we've got to be really, really careful about. But going into the going on the Falcons side of things, Mark, is is there anything that like? And you might give me a really one word answer here, but is there anything that kind of scares you about this Falcons team, or that is a concern, or that the Steelers team this? really needs to address or do you think this is pretty much just go out and play your game just one second before i get into the falcons um where do you think we're ranked in time possession in the in the whole of the nfl this will blow you blow your mind haven't we what, moved from like 28th to like within the top 15 or something we are top 10 the pittsburgh steals are top 10 in time of possession does, crazy, that not, does that not tell you and a lot of a lot of the other how long is it now how long is it now uh, it's 30, 30 minutes and 44 seconds time possession. And we're ranked eighth. Oh, overall. Eighth. Right, right. But I mean, overall. like average drive. I'd like to know what average drive. Can you pull up that? But, but, uh, I can try and find that one. But the, the thing I'm trying to, the thing I'm trying to tell is and the, the, the narrative I'm trying to paint 
is if you're ranked eighth at this moment after the whole like season, right? It shows that you're getting better. And Brian Brown says the Steelers aren't a bad team; they're just getting started, right? They're they're they're, they're something is something is building here. And if you if you can go from 27 for almost the worst in the league at average time possession, which is you holding the football, now they need to convert points for sure. But this tells me that they're on the the the, the uptake than they are on the downtrend, right? Because they, they're just getting better and they're playing better football. You're ranked top 10 now with holding the football. The defense can rest. We've been talking about this for the first few weeks. So everyone who's jumping off the train right now, it's silly. You're gonna you just you're gonna miss out on the fun times of Kenny Pickett. It may not look look the greatest. It's not, not, not a Buffalo Bills team, an Eagles team, but they're holding the possession. That's what I just want to say. And I, I'm actually, I was, I didn't even know that stat. They ranked eight out of all 32 two teams. So I know we're now at like 248 per drive, according to Pro Football Reference, which is like a 35-second improvement on the start of the season. But I'm just trying to get an actual time of possession for one of those early games. But I remember when you and I were talking about a two-minute, 15-second time of possession, which is just like practically three and out, really. Um, so yeah, I yeah. can't find that stat either. I, but overall, the it, they're ranked eighth in the league, which is pretty good. Um, you, I mean, you can go and calculate it with Pro Football Reference, but it's like, yeah, here you go. But, the first drive of the season went for two minutes and thirteen seconds in the Bengals game, and then another drive. Um. Another drive went for two minutes and seven seconds in the second quarter. So that we've also got to account too that last week the Pittsburgh Steelers had the time possession. I think was like fourteen. Was it like uh, it was thirty four? It was thirty four twenty five. I think. Yeah, but even in the first quarter, the Colts didn't have any yards. They had minus mm. yards, although there was zero yards. So, yeah, can we play a full game? But I think overall they're just they're they're developing quite well for a team going for a real build, rebuilding season. Does that make sense? If they are rebuilding, I don't think they are, but retooling or whatever you want to call it. But anyways. I want to bring this up from Alfred because it's something that I was actually, the thought briefly entered my head this week. Do you think Canada, if they make the playoffs, hey. do you think Canada's back? I, I personally don't <laughs> think, I don't think you run it back with Canada, but I. Mate, this, this, is, this is the age old discussion where you know, I was probably the only one I've been right with so far is Chase Claypool because I can't stand him and I thought he was an awful player, right? And oh, I, was like, I said that for a long time. Yeah, and get rid of him. But this I remember, remember the Juju one as well. I said how much we steal fans would miss Juju. That's big time. Well, big in this offense would be fantastic. But like what I'm saying is we are so overreactionary as fans in every podcast you have on, on this network. You have what, 20, pod, 20 podcasts a day. You know what I mean? There's so many happening, right? But we're so overreactionary because... If Canada goes and plays a bad game this week, we're, we're, we're going to say fire Canada again. And I'll put my hand up. I'm the guy that I, I've, I've said that a million times. I didn't like the play. But what I don't like about him is he's so inconsistent. He has a really good first half. In the second half, he can't scheme and, 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 and allow to change anything. But is that experience? Is that in fairness? It could experience? be. It could and be. And it's also harder when you had a quarterback. I'm playing devil's advocate because I do. I kind of am like, unless you make the OC championship game, you're out. But like do you, uh, playing devil's advocate, you didn't have Big Ben that can play your offense. You've also got Big Ben that, like, we had to have Randy Feekner as the offensive coordinator to pro- to pro- uh, can't say the word today. Placate Ben and what he wanted placate. to do. Pl- placate, yes. Um, mm. Or give in, or you know, like 
Um, but <laughs> <laughs> the definition of the word, <laughs> stay placate in a sentence. Can I, can I have that in um, a sentence, please? <laughs> yeah, that's fine. Well, I just gave it to you in a sentence. Um, no, but, but basically the point being is that like Canada had to pl- placate Ben. Man, I'm struggling with that word today. Um, and But now he's got a chance to actually do something, but he is working with a rookie. He's working with different injuries. He's working with an offensive line that I'm not sure fully fits what he wants to do. I mean, he's working with like... He had to, he had to he was working with a set of receivers oh. where he's got to get the ball to different people. I just don't know. I know that Freemuth does. I know that Watt and Haywood, like Derek Watt and Haywood and Najee kind of fit within what he wants to do. I'm not sure that Deontay fully fits within what Matt Canada wants to do. That and I think that's starting to become apparent. I can summarize in my opinion now. This is just my opinion, right? Uh that what I think of this offense and how why it frustrates me. Like I said today, with the, the the quarterback draw, I thought was fantastic. It, it outsmarted everyone. The offensive line opened up. Kenny got eight yards for a third and two chance, right? I love that play. However, how I find this offense, it's not consistent, right? And I guess you're trying things here and there. But I'm still get, I still get frustrated at, at Matt Canada's ability to call plays and not make sense in the rhythm of the game. When you see yeah. a, 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 a dump-off pass to Gentry at the 50-yard line, to me, it makes no sense. Where's he running to? Honestly, where is he running to in a screen or the shovel pass of Gentry? Are you just trying to get four yards for that play? What are you building up to? It, it might make sense at the goal line. But in saying that too, a lot, of, a lot of passing development plays where the guys have been running behind them in motion, they used, I think it was uh, Stephen Sims in motion to, I think I saw one play on Twitter, in motion, they end up getting the football on the outside. So... I think maybe in to play on, on Canada's side, he has dealt with a lot of press issues, even from NFL um, analysts or fans all around the world. And Ron is right. Ron says the flea flicker was ill-timed. These little things frustrate me after seeing, you know, a good play, you stumble and fall and go, what are you doing? Like the drive killers frustrate me. They should frustrate. But, but the since the, since the buy, this offense has been clicking and playing better. Now, here's the thing, is that Kenny Pickett, is that the players, is that the the play execution? Is there a chance if we do go on a bit of a run that this will smokescreen this offense and it is the players? But it all goes entanglement, doesn't it, right? The play doesn't work. We we, we yell at the coach. If, if, the, if the player drops the ball, like George Pickens, we yell at George Pickens. We consistently, we consistently um, yell at them all the time because that's just the nature of the beast, honestly, and that, you know, the way it is. Yeah, I think I agree with you. I just don't think he. I don't understand how Kenny Pickett's going to grow in this offense. And I know that sounds really weird from everything we've said earlier, and it sounds contradictory. But if I look at what we want out of Kenny for three or four years' time when he's on a, he's still on the rookie deal, we put money around and put players around him, salary cap's working, guys like Pickens has developed, Najee's coming to the end of his deal, but other guys are developing. And you want to be making Super Bowl runs, particularly because of the way that the contracts are set up and Minka and TJ are getting into the later years of their deals. I can't imagine Kenny sitting with Canada for two or three years and being in that position to win us the Super Bowl. I just here's, don't think I don't think Canada is the offensive mind to deliver that. 
Here's the thing. Because Canada's contract's going out, I think, end of 2023, so the one more season, right? What do you think happens after 2023 if they keep him on next year? Do they they do they go and re-sign Canada again? Because that would be this year plus next year. If you're not going to get rid of him this year, then you're committing to him for a couple more years yet. Right. Same with same with Tom Montu. I'm I'm intrigued to see what happens after 2024. These next few years, what will the organization do with Tom and him? His his contract. Because, coming up at the because, end of yeah. Yeah, I know. I know. And it's interesting. Tom will Tom will be there longer. But like Sean Manahan says, Canada calling plays against Madden. He's not though. That's the thing. And Madden, you can call like, oh, how often do they call an audible? Right? If you're playing yeah, Madden, you're not calling audibles. Like you're kidding. Mark knows that. How much I call. I, I just. Uh, <laughs> how much did you hate? There was, remember the one of the games we played, and like, I set up. Oh, I thought like, it was you. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Remember I set up. I want to play again. We should get. We should play again this weekend, man. But, play um, now if you want. Yeah, yeah. That's it. That's it. <laughs> but remember when um. I, call, I was hitting that play and you were getting, you were like, damn, I hate that play. And then like I set up in a different thing and then I switched to an audible back to the same play. Well, that's right? what, that's all that Madden pretty much is. I remember the old days like Peyton Manning would, would take, it was designed into the game for Peyton Manning to uh, do the audible and stuff like that, you know, all the yeah. time. But look, I, but I was just going to say like going back to Canada. Sorry, sorry. One thing I want like, and Michael, like, I'm only fine. Like, yeah, I get it. Don't see us winning Super Bowl. I, I don't see us winning Super Bowl with the current coaching setup. I would say that and coordinator setup. But that's what I was about to say was, is like, I feel Kenny needs a Ken Wisenhunt type, a Steve mm. Sarkeesian type, a, not that I'm just saying because I'm a Longhorns fan. He needs, a, he needs an offensive offense. coordinator that starts with the quarterback and structures right. the offense around it. And we need an offensive line coach closer to what, I'm not saying it has to be Munchak, but like Munchak was that calls the running game so that the offense can be driven out of the quarterback. That is what's yeah. going to help Kenny Pickett. This An offense driven by the scheme is not going to help Kenny Pickett. That's my problem. Because if you wanted to do that, you'd go and find a guy like a Jalen Warren. You would have gone after a Malik Willis. So that's the problem that I think that exists is that offensively, I actually think even though we're doing enough to start winning some games, I think ultimately there's an identity crisis between what Canada wants to run as a scheme and what Kenny Pickett is capable of doing or what we'd like to see him grow into doing. That's my... It's just a funny thing because I had called for Matt Canada's head so many times. Now I wanted to win, but if they win, they're probably <laughs> going to keep him. So I'm like, I don't know, but that you know, prove me wrong. I don't really care. I just want to see him win, to be honest. But the thing, the thing is, is that it's it's also really hard because this team, even putting aside like the good defense, this team is coached in a way that well, the full overall philosophy of the Steelers means that even with poor offense, like we see it, we saw out of Feetner in Canada, the Steelers are still in the mix. Like the Steelers right now, are, yeah, they're four and seven, but they could easily be if they're if they're a worse team in this league right now, or they're all, like didn't have the philosophy and culture that they have. They would be like one and um, one and ten, or you know, eleven zero and eleven, right? Like that's the other thing Jeez. people got to people got to think about that. Like, and also it was brought up in the live chat before the strength of schedule at the start of the year was. I think know, I think we're 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 gonna ban Ron for spamming. <laughs> nah, I'm joking, Ron. Ron, Omaha, Arians, Munchak S, McFarlane is a beast. If the run game is respectable, Kenny will flourish. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, I agree. Agree. All, all that. Great takes.
Ron, Ron Shaw, he also said, well, I've coached TV, but his shtick is getting stale. There we go. We got a, we got a whole, uh, if you're on the YouTube side, or nah, you have to be on the Facebook side, actually. Uh, it's a whole uh, feature of Ron. There we go. That's it. <laughs> That's it. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it is interesting. But going back to the Falcons, like Carl Pitts ruled out for the season. Um, yeah, that was a big one too, actually. I couldn't believe that. I like, one thing that, is a little bit of a concern for me is the overall, um, when I looked at this in War Room, like they've got guys like Caleb Huntley and Tyler Allegier who both have about a, 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 almost a 900 yards between them. Corridor Patterson, who was rested, has 506 yards. Mariota has 421 yards. So they've got over 2,000 yards rushing on the season and they've got four guys that have kind of contributed almost 25, 20 to 25% of that each. And so right. that's something there's a bit of versatility in their offense. The thing for me with the Steelers is they need some defensive stops and turnovers early so that they can turn up. I always talk about turning up or tightening the screws yeah. of pressure. They do that early against this Falcons team. I think this Falcons team, I wouldn't say they'll fold, but the, but it, the game will get a lot simpler and a lot easier for the Steelers. Claude's got a good point here in the live chat. Claude says, patience is the key. Steelers are the youngest offense in the league. Uh, which they do. They have a star receiver. And, yeah, star receiver and pickings. Najee, quarterback, picket, tight end, Pat Frommuth, all draft in the last two years. And what we're expecting them to go out and score 45 points a game. You know, that's exactly right. That's a good take. So they, they're, they're doing enough to win in the run game at the moment, or last last week, and the defense needs to help them out. But um, do you think Mariota can win this game? Like, do you, do you, ski, do you, see, do you see touchdowns on Mariota to beat us in this game? I don't really see it that much, to be honest. Yeah, before I answer that, I want to pick up on the point from Claude Bishop. And the thing, this goes back to team building. If you are trusting your defense to win your games, which is what the Steelers wanted to do, the Steelers aren't counting on TJ Watt to miss, you know, five and six games every season. The Steelers, I, I and we talked about this last week, and I, I love that you've been giving credit to me on your other podcasts outside of BTSC on this. I think we sold ourselves short on not having a top corner and you've got to fix yeah. that next year or through the draft. So the guy develops or through, through the, um, through free agency. But the, the problem, the, the thing you can do is you can invest in your defense when you've got young rookies on offense, but you've got to be able to, this, this young, it's kind of a, it goes back and forth each way because the young offense has got to try and find ways to keep the defense off the field as much as they can. The defense has got to make plays more on the field. I think we've had some serious defensive lapses at times. I don't think the secondary was good enough from the start, said that. So I go back to what Claude said. Yeah, patience is key because in the next one or two years, and it's probably not next season, it's the season after, you get those couple of bits on the offensive line, you get a couple of those good guys in the secondary. I mean, this team, look at what Highsmith's doing. This team could totally take off. Um, go to Mariota. Uh, the thing about Mariota is I feel like he- Like played he's still, he's still there. 62% like completion it. rate, 2,000 yards. Um, what's that? You still there? You sound like a robot. I think you're there. Yep, you're back. Or maybe it was me. My bad. Uh, radio silence. No, it was... <laughs> Me, <laughs> it was me. My internet just shut shut out. Can you hear me? 
I can I can hear you, but you sound like you're from the, the year 2089. Alrighty, maybe is it time for the quarterback two to take over? Quarterback one, Maddie might be out. I can't hear you. All right, let's kick you out for a minute. So from the audio guys, I do apologize, but what do you do? It's, it's te technical issues. I think Maddie's still halfway there, but he's not there. <laughs> Are you frozen, Maddie? Yeah, all right. All right, it's the Mark Show. What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to BTSC. So Maddie's having a big bit of trouble. He's been frozen. Uh, to end the show, guys, thank you for listening to Steelers Touchdown Under. But I will take some questions in the live chat. Uh, thank you, Kathy. We're in. We're here. We're, we're ready to go. See, now I haven't got my notes ready. I'm not, not, not planned. Like, this is like me being Mason Rudolph on the bench. Wouldn't be ready for the game. Maddie's going to check out. I'll try and finish the show, and I'll talk to Maddie later on. But, yeah, guys, to, to in a big nutshell, um, I'm pretty keen for this game. And this, this is the time where we can't – we cannot give up. You can't give up on this team. The team's getting better. Um, need to rally behind Kenny. And, and like uh, like Claude said in a live chat – let me bring up again. So Claude said, you know, patience is key. The Steelers have a young offense. Pickens, Najee, Pickett. We end up getting rid of Claypool. I was not a big fan of Claypool. I couldn't stand the way he played, so I'm glad that he's gone. We have Stephen Sims in there. They started to use Osheski uh, more and more. So we have to have patience with the offense, right? And let me see if Mandy's coming back to end the show. You there, mate? Yeah, StreamYard. Every <laughs> tells me that StreamYard is like dying every, every time I try and refresh the window. So hopefully... You guys can hear me. But basically what I was saying was that like Mariota, 14 TDs, eight interceptions, 62% completion rate. Like I, I think, you know, they're five and seven. He's not like like incredible game changer. I think this is, I, I think like really closing out the show, I think the Steelers, it comes down to, can they get it right? Can they do enough on offense? Can they do enough on defense? And it's simple to say, but it's like, they just have to make plays, man. They have to make. I was, I was plays. like so close to doing my final thoughts and just saying, "See you later." I, I freeze. I, I like, what am I meant to do? I, I, I wasn't. Yeah, ready I don't know. It's Streamyard, man. Like every other, all my signals are showing strong, and Streamyard keeps telling me I've got a low signal. So maybe Marcus Marrow hack the chat. Yeah, he's like, he's about to bash <laughs> me. But you know, I can see our live listeners right now in the window that you and I have, and your listeners went up when I went off. So maybe really? that tells you everything you need to know. Maybe they just want to be the Mark show. Like it was dead set. Like you sounded like uh, from the future, you know, like what robot voice. I was like, you know, that's what you sound like for me too. But yeah, it's streaming. It keeps giving me a warning and streaming like not responding. So, well, all right, how do you want to end the show? Do you want to do our, I don't know, record prediction or? Yeah, do a prediction. <sighs> I, uh, you know what? I think I said somewhere else. I think tw <laughs> 20, 24, Steelers 24. The, who are they? The Falcons. Falcons 17, 24-17. Did we win that? Wait, no, that was the same score last week, wasn't it? <laughs> was it? No. Yeah, it was. Yeah, that would do. 24-17 was last week's score. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'll do the I'll do the exact same. <laughs> the exact same. 
I'm gonna go thirty seventeen. Thirty. Let's go thirty points. Jeez, I guess that's only six more than me. Um, will Kenny score? Kenny pick a you know throw for two touchdowns this game or one at least? Yeah, it's, it'll throw two plus. Yeah, two plus. Okay. Um, Kathy says here we got thirty. Uh, like that. Brian Brown says 35-13. I get a feeling that... No, I no, but think about it. It's only three field goals and three touchdowns. And if they get a defensive touchdown, which right. I think that this is... I always talk about that, but I do. And, you know, you and I have talked about the fact that they need a defensive touchdown to get 30 points. But I, I genuinely do believe that they're going to get a couple of turnovers in this game. And that's going to allow them to just get a few extra points. And I think they're going to hit things that they've dropped. Like, yeah. how many... Like, Deontay dropped one in the end zone last week. You dropped that, it's 30 points. There was one was a couple of the week before. Like... This team's not that far off doing it. And I do think Mariota, I, I said this last week with Ryan, I felt like uh, pick six was coming. Uh, I I feel like this team is I don't, I don't see that Falcons can do, can score more than like, you know, 20. 17's not a lot of, like 17's only three drives where you get like two two touchdowns and one like in it, and one like field goal. Like it's not yeah. unreasonable. 17 points is- Last week with the teams too, and even even uh, Brian says, do you think teams can tighten up? They, they better tighten up. But they allowed a touchdown for the teams. There's only one good drive that came, you know, that, that happened uh, for the Colts. So I just can't see Marcus Mariota and the Falcons actually, you know, beating our defense. Let's let's put it that way. They're playing much better. Uh, Bridgeburg yeah, going yeah, 17, got 17-10. Uh, Cord's got 10-7. Uh, Steel Girls got... <laughs> What a game. Uh, Steel Girls got 27. Do you know, I was mucking with the sliders on the 10-7. I was mucking with the sliders on Madden the other day on like the hardest mode. And I was halfway through the um, divisional round against the Titans. And uh, it was 5-3 to me because I'd have a safety in a field goal. Like I was mucking around the sliders and trying to make it like ridiculously like difficult to make a play. <laughs> it was like 5-3 going into the second half. It's like it's bloody World Cup soccer. Alan's got a different take here from the live chat. It says Steelers have a lot of injuries on defense. They lose this game. And that's fair enough. They can lose. They can lose. This oh, game. I like Highsmith though. Man. Like even if TJ's yeah. out, he's getting up there. Um, other than that, I think I've got nothing, Matty. I think I'm all out for ideas. I, I was really stunned. Oh, it's like Canada and, the, and Mitch Trubisky in you, the first half you, of the season. You put me on the show when I when I was when I get more nervous by myself. I'm I, I just I just don't know what to say anymore. I just, you know, I want to feed them. love it. Listeners love it. But I just want to say this will go out on Sunday, on Sunday morning. So we hope you enjoy the game. Hopefully, TJ Watt and Warren Arfit get there, celebrate. As we always say, to celebrate the highs and truly feel the truly feel the highs, you've got to go with the lows. I think this week's going to be a high for the Steelers. Um, and as always, Mark, go Steelers.